I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we continue with Our American Stories. Today we have a history story brought to us from the Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola, Florida. In April of 1975, the United States was engaging in an evacuation of Saigon, which at the time was the capital of South Vietnam. This evacuation plan, known as Operation Frequent Wind, came as the North Vietnamese were closing in on South Vietnam. Here's historian Hill Goodspeed with the story. So there were uh, U.S. nationals who were still in Saigon, and there were also other people wanting to get out. And the embassy, of course, uh, needed to be evacuated. So the U.S. Navy sent a uh, fleet of ships, and they operated off the coast of South Vietnam. And there was uh, pretty much an aerial shuttle, is the best way to describe it, of uh, Marine Corps and Navy helicopters flying in-country and landing primarily on the grounds of the U.S. Embassy to pull people out and take them to the ships offshore. Uh, There was also uh, aircraft flying from 
airfields in South Vietnam getting people out. These helicopters uh, would fly out to the U.S. ships. There'd just be an array of people that were getting off um, from various backgrounds. They could be South Vietnamese uh, individuals just trying to escape, families just trying to get out, uh, knowing that the North Vietnamese forces, the communist forces coming in would not uh, treat those who had um, worked with the American forces in, during the long U.S. involvement in Vietnam very well. Amidst this operation, there was one man, a South Vietnamese pilot, who decided to take into his own hands the safety of his family, Major Bung Lee. During the long involvement of U.S. forces in Vietnam, uh, there was a training program that existed to integrate uh, South Vietnamese uh, personnel and military forces into U.S. operations. Certainly a big part of that was training uh, pilots to fly uh, various missions, and they formed the South Vietnamese Air Force. There was also a group called the ARVIN, which is Army of the Republic of Vietnam. And so these individuals served alongside American forces, uh, U.S. advisors uh, during the course of the Vietnam War. And he was... Uh, at the time of the fall of Saigon, he came up with the idea that he needed to get out, and especially with his military affiliation. And uh, with the ability to fly, he commandeered an aircraft, uh, which is in South Vietnamese Air Force markings. I mean, it's still displayed in the museum in those markings. He commandeered that aircraft and loaded his wife and five children on board. And it was a two-seat aircraft. The aircraft is a, is a, a light observation plane. So it's not uh, unlike the, uh, the small civilian aircraft you see flying around small airports or around the country here in the United States. It was an American built airplane, and but it was designed as an observation plane. That's what O meant in, in its designation. Like O1 means observation was the, what the O stood for. He loaded his wife and five children into this plane. And with being only a two-seater, the children uh, were, were stuffed back into the fuselage of the airplane behind the cockpit area. And so I can't even imagine what it must have been like for them uh, being so young in this, in this really chaotic uh, scene to be all of a sudden find themselves in a, uh, just stuffed into a darkened compartment and off they go into the air. I mean, I'm not sure whether any of them had ever even flown before. I mean, he may have been the only one aboard the aircraft that he had even been in the air before, I'm not certain. But, uh, and then off off they went with only a, really only a promise of, of, of something that might happen. I, mean, I can't even imagine you're flying out over the water and there's there, there was no guarantee he could land on a ship out there or no guarantee of what the future held, but it, it just goes to show whatever uncertainties lay in the future, it, it was better than the situation that awaited them if they stayed behind. As he flew out over the Pacific, he eventually happened upon the U.S. fleet of ships. And um, one of the ships there was the USS Midway, which is an aircraft carrier. And it's actually a ship that is still in existence. It's a floating museum in uh, San Diego. But he came upon the USS Midway and uh, he flew low over the deck and he dropped a note to, uh, onto the deck, which was routine at that time from a low flying aircraft and a very slow aircraft like that. You could deliver messages in, those way, in that way. And the note, luckily for, uh, for those on board the Midway, they were evacuating a lot of Vietnamese nationals. So there was no problem getting the note translated as to what he wanted to do. And he indicated essentially that I want to land. I, I've got, here's who's aboard this airplane and here's who I am. 
and I would like to uh, land on the USS, uh, land on the ship. And at that point, the commanding officer uh, had a decision to make, and the commanding officer was a guy named Captain Lawrence Chambers, and he was actually the first African-American to command a U.S. aircraft carrier. So he was uh, pretty unique in, in history at that time. And, but you, if you look at what his situation he faced, um, he had the array of, of helicopters coming in and landing on his ship. Just, I mean, it, it's, it was a constant stream of them. A carrier flight deck, even though it looks really big, is a relatively limited space if you compare it to say a, an airport airfield. So space is at a premium and uh, you have to clear a certain amount of space uh, to operate aircraft. And so he had a decision to make um, on how he was going to try to meet the wishes uh, of this individual uh, who wanted to land. And first of all, he had to have concern that this individual's never landed on an aircraft carrier before. I don't know what his proficiency is, what, whether he'll be able to do it or not. It could, it could be dangerous to those on the deck. Uh, maybe I'll have him uh, ditch the airplane in the water and we can send, some, send a, a boat or uh, send a helicopter to go rescue the family. But the problem with that is the O-01 Bird Dog is an airplane that has uh, fixed landing gear for one. Um, and when you land, when if he would have tried to ditch the airplane in the water with fixed landing gear, that landing gear would have dug into the water as it as it hit it, and probably would have flipped the airplane over on its back. So you have a situation where the kids stuffed in the back of the fuselage, there would be a big, ch a good chance that they may not be able to make it out of the airplane. Then he had to consider, so that was an option that even though he considered it was one that was, uh, that was not gonna bring the result that needed to be, that was gonna be a, a positive result. So then his next decision uh, was to, to clear the deck, he was gonna have to push some of the helicopters over the side. And there may have been some expense to that, but um, with all that was going on, uh, a, a lot of the military equipment being uh, used, I mean, it was, it was a minor expense to pay to, in his mind, to save the lives of some individuals. So he ordered some helicopters pushed over the side to clear uh, space. And then uh, most, air, most aircraft or all aircraft generally have to land on an aircraft carrier. Uh, they have to be brought to a stop with a tail hook. Uh, that's located on the underside of the fuselage and it, uh, it uh, engages a wire that is strung across the deck. Well, in this case, uh, this aircraft was so light, he wouldn't need a way to, he wouldn't have to stop it in that manner. He brought the airplane in after he received word that he could land. Uh, when it hit the deck, uh, he was able to bring it to a stop in a relatively short distance. Um, he was also aided by the fact that the aircraft carrier was turned into the wind. Uh, so there was wind coming across the deck and that helped uh, slow him as well. And the crew uh, ran out, uh, was able to help bring the airplane to a stop. And there's a famous photograph that was taken uh, on the deck. You can see him emerging from the airplane. You can see his wife as well. And it's there's a throng of crewmen surrounding this tiny airplane on the flight deck. And it's, uh, it's a real inspiring shot to see because of uh, one, uh, just the smiles that are on the, the crew. I mean, it was such a, um, it, w it was such a momentous moment for them because, uh, it, and really the whole time and that their whole day had, had been spent 
normally the crew would be launching combat aircraft into, into action, but here they were that whole day, they knew that they were literally the passage to freedom for a lot of people. And, and, to, and to see, they were, they, you could just see the looks of joy on their faces in this particular case of what this family did to, and what they accomplished to, uh, to get out of South Vietnam that day. The plane that brought Major Bung Lee and his family to freedom and safety has been on display in the Naval Aviation Museum in Pensacola, Florida, mere months after it made its historic landing. It's an airplane that's easy to get lost amidst all the, you know, the famous jets and combat aircraft that we have here. It's, it's, it's tiny, it's tucked, uh, it's suspended from the uh, ceiling in one of our hangars. But when people hear the story about what it represents, it becomes instantly one of the most inspiring things they see when they come here, once they know and, and appreciate the story behind it. And a special thanks to Madison on the storytelling and the interviewing and on the production. A special thanks to Faith. And also a special thanks to historian Hill Goodspeed, who tells this remarkable story of American generosity and heart in the end. The story of Major Bunley. Also, the story of Captain Lawrence Chambers, who issued that order here on Our American Stories. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.